Welcome to Lawler Out Loud, and thank you for listening. I'm your host, Christy Lawler, and this podcast focuses on highlighting the amazing men and women that make a difference in the world, and we hope to prove that every single person has the power to make a difference and make an impact. Today's guest is Kat. Today's guest is Kathy Casey. So first, <laughs> let me thank you, Kathy, for joining us and sharing your story and experiences and ideas, even if I stumbled over my words. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much for having me, Christy. <laughs> Absolutely, I I really admire you. I think you're just an absolute creative genius. And I am really excited to learn more about you today because I know you professionally, but I don't know you that well personally. And I'm very excited to see what we're going to uncover. I've got some fun stories. (laughs) I love fun stories. I love hearing them. And it always makes me feel so much closer to the person too. Because even like some of my best friends that I've known for like ever in this business, I'm still learning new things through this podcast. And that's one of my favorite things about doing it. Um, So I would love for you to start by just kind of explaining who you are, what you do, um, everything about yourself. And this is anything that you can, you want to share, whether it's your childhood, your upbringing, education your occupation, what you're doing now, your community involvement, your personal history. I mean, literally, it's all on the table. What would you like to talk about? Well, I have a, an interesting uh, childhood. I grew up with my mom and my grandma. And so my mom was working all the time. So I was always cooking with my grandma and out in the garden and um, just really started my love of uh, food then. And I moved out very young. I moved out when I was 14 years old and oh got gosh. a job cooking at a convent. <laughs> Girl, I don't even understand. How is that even possible? Oh, it's possible. You don't possible. strike me as a nun either. <laughs> no. <laughs> and, and I mean that in a very complimentary yes, way. <laughs> I was a very, I was a wild child. And, um, and so I needed a job and I had heard there was a, a cook job at a convent and so I applied and they hired me and I cooked there all the way through culinary school. And um, I, it was really, it's one of my favorite jobs I've ever had. It was, I cooked for 12 nuns every day after school. Um, I'd go to the convent, I'd start making dinner. I'd go in the back room, start doing my uh, studies, uh, smoking cigarettes too back then. <laughs> mm-hmm. Smoking cigarettes in the back At a convent. Yeah, they were totally fine with it. They're good. <laughs> and, oh my God. Uh, they were like, it's okay. She's 14. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, I, I worked there for, you know, like I said, all the way through uh, culinary school and college. And the, it was, uh, it was really a fun and interesting experience. And, you know, and, and I would just kept, you know, so it really grew my love of cooking. And then I enrolled in culinary school and uh, it was at uh, um, Seattle Central Community College. It was a, it was a great program back then. It's a really wonderful program now. And, um, and then I, you know, there was, there was very few women in kitchens those days, like none. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, there's very few women in kitchens these days. Yeah. Uh, uh, Unless it's considered true. the home kitchen. 
Yes. And so I applied for a new hotel opening in downtown Seattle. Um, Of course, I was put into the pantry. Okay. So, and are you ready for this? They, they made me wear a dress. Yeah. What? In the kitchen. And I'm like, what the hell is that? You know, I was very, very feisty. Not that I'm not now, you know, but I'm like, what the hell You are feisty. I'm not wearing a dress. What is that? How do you even function in a dress? I'm like, what? You know, I'm in the pantry. I'm going to wear some freaking dress from like 1940 or something movies. It's like, no, I'm not wearing a dress. I'm like, then you need to make all those men wear a dress. Um, Yeah. What is it? Like Downton Abbey? Yeah, exactly. Crazy. (laughs) And uh, so, you know, very few women ever cooked on the hotline then, too. You're always kind of stuck Mm -hmm. in the pantry. And that will be the name of my book someday, which will be called Pantry Bitch. I love, okay, I love your working title, (laughs) and I happen to know a publisher that's working on my book, so if you ever need a referral, girl, I got your back. All right. I think that would be amazing. I mean, that's like Anthony Bourdain's Kitchen Confidential. Oh, yeah. yeah. When I read that book, I thought, well, that's good. No, I think mine's a little spicier. (laughs) So. Go, girl. Yes. I'll read it. I'll buy it on Amazon. So I was, you know, there in the pantry and then, um, you know, moved my way up and, you know, just worked super hard. Um, just, you know, really long, always volunteered. Um, and so then, then I moved over to the fine dining restaurant and of course I was in Garmarger and what is Garmarger? Pantry. (laughs) So, but, but, you know, long story short. A fancy way to say pantry. Exactly. Long story (laughs) short, I worked my way up and became the executive chef of a restaurant that was called Fuller's. And it was, um, I was, I was uh, noted as one of the top 10 uh, new American chefs uh, in Food and Wine magazine. And um, also. And how old were you? I was 25. Oh my God. Really Kathy. young. And there was no women. That's incredible. There was no women in fine dining then. There was, you know, it was all no. D's and, you know, men waiter yes. teams. And um, so, you know, definitely, you know, cut some chops there for sure. And Craig Claiborne reached out from the New York Times and he said he wanted to do a feature on me. So I flew to New York. And taking, you know, wild salmon with me and huckleberries and all this stuff mm-hmm. and went to his home and, uh, you know, he had a, he, he didn't even have an electric typewriter. He had like a, like an old school typewriter and wow. know, typing as I'm cooking. And, and he said, you know, he's like, I usually have an assistant come to help every day. And, um, and so he, you know, he's like, but I don't have an assistant today. So Craig, so he's like, Pierre Freni is going to be your assistant. So Pierre Freni was a very, very famous French chef in New York. But um, it that really boosted my career. Um, and yeah, it was very exciting. Um, in that same issue of Food and Wine was like Emerald Lagasse and uh, some other people. Wow. So that was pretty cool. And then I. That's amazing. You know, That's it, such a huge accomplishment. It was, and it was, it we was should a, take a moment to recognize how big of an accomplishment <laughs> that is. Thank you. For a young female in those days. Thank you. It was. It That's was incredible. Incredible. It was congratulations. Thank you. It was pretty exciting. And, um, it, you know, it was kind of before the internet, so there's not a lot of yeah. trace of it. <laughs> and then I moved to New York for a couple of years and cooked there and 
was asked by, uh, you know, a really big company um, based out of the Northwest to move back to Seattle and come consult for them. And so that's when I started my consulting business long, long oh, wow. time ago. And uh, so yeah. now, you know, I own the food studios and liquid kitchen and we're a global food and beverage consulting company and development company. And then I also have airport restaurants. So, you know, kind of, kind of burst in a lot of different things. You do <laughs> so many things. I mean, you literally wear all the hats that can be worn in this business. And I've always admired that about you because Thank you're you. always, you've got your hands in everything and it's not because you want to necessarily. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean that because it's that you physically and mentally can go into any environment and create something new, different and successful. And that's why I admire you so Thank much you. because you're a total pioneer. I, I hope you like go to sleep at night being like, <laughs> I'm such a badass. <laughs> like, I hope this is like the end of night mantra. Like I'm an, I'm amazing. You know, I, I, you know, and you, you love beverage. I love beverage. And, and so, so back, back then, you know, as, as an executive chef, I, you know, I'd look at the bar and I'd be like, what's going on over there? And, you know, no one really paid attention to the bar. You know, what is the yeah. first thing that comes to, to you when you're um, at dying, you know, you're having a beverage. And so I started saying like, wow, okay, well, I'm going to make some cocktails. Like we're going to make these cocktails now. And so that's kind of my foray into the beverage scene of like mm-hmm. really bringing the principles of the kitchen into the bar. I mean, why, why didn't chefs have beverage menus that matched, matched what they were doing in the kitchen and the style of the mm-hmm. restaurant and you know, what the, the type of ingredients and the seasonality. And so that's, that's kind of my, uh, my jump off into the land of mixology and uh, you know, which, which I, I love. Oh yeah. Well, you should love it because you're amazing at it. Thank I mean, you. you're just, <laughs> you stand out like all of every time I see something of yours, like the first time I ever saw a drink in a bag was at the HEE conference oh, yeah. in Florida. And I was like, Oh my God, this is so much fun. The prickly dragon. <laughs> I, that's what it was. Yes. I don't even remember. I yeah. mean, this was like, what, three years ago or yeah. something. Um, but I just thought it was so cool. And I'm like, what is Kathy going to come up with next? <laughs> I just loved it. I loved it. And you're so good at it. So I'm, I'm really excited that you have built this company to bring food flavors into drink flavors and pair them and match them and create this whole palate experience. And, and really, you know, I, I think it's all about, you know, challenging yourself and coming up with new innovation. Um, and, and, and that doesn't mean that it has to be really difficult because, you know, we do food and drink programs and, and create concepts all, you know, all the way from like, you know, fast food, fast casual, you know, to, uh, um, cruise lines, to airport yeah. clubs, to, you know, fine dining. And it's, it's really just kind of sometimes thinking about things a little bit differently and just adding that, that special twist that, you know, that really kind of guest surprise to even something that it's super simple. You can still add that little bit yeah. of a flair, that difference. Yeah. 
you you always think outside the box or the bag in some cases um (laughs) it's and it's super cool but uh, so was your inspiration because I always ask people like how they found their inspiration was yours like growing up with your grandma teaching you to cook and then cooking for nuns or like what was it where where was that pivot point in your recollection where you're like I love flavor I love arts and crafts <laughs> and I love okay painting and I love I, I love art and I, I really consider like food and beverage uh, an art form you know and, and service in hospitality as well that's an art form and um and then moving it you know and and doing it with food and beverage just makes it a delicious art experience and so I think that you know doing a lot of crafts when I was little I used to love to paint and I used to love to cook and and you know seeing the food and going out and you know picking the berries out in our yard or going to the berry fields and then you know in my young career chef days going out musher you know the the the, uh, local mushroomers would take me out because I'm so directionally challenged they're like Kathy will never find her way back here and took me to all their (laughs) spots (laughs) oh my god that's hilarious so like you know you know, picking wild mushrooms and people ask me, you know, what is the best meal you ever had? And I look back to a meal that I had that, you know, was really kind of fished and foraged and grown and cooked in uh, a cul- my, my culinary school friend's backyard. Uh, and, you know, and then it was, it was so delicious. That probably is one of the best meals I've ever had. It had, you know, we ended the meal with like this great, like stout beer that they had made and like, just, I mean, it was so, wow, so, de- you know, so delicious. And so I, I really feel like I have a lot of inspiration from my childhood. And then now I get a lot of inspiration from traveling and, you know, a lot of people go to restaurants. Yeah. And, yeah. And, you know, it's always fun to see what everybody's doing and new things, but I think going to other countries and seeing what they're ingredients are using methods are using is is just so inspiring I went to Vietnam last year and like it was just a trip of a lifetime oh my god I'm dying to see that country amazing I can't imagine I I I really I would my goal like once I became a newspaper reporter Mm -hmm. I I was like I want to work for like food and wine magazine and be like a traveling food reporter. Ugh. Like I want to write the stories about the food. Yes. I love to eat my way through experiences. Yes. I mean, there is like a 750 pound woman inside of me that claws <laughs> to get out every day because I love food and, and I experience culture through my palate. Yes. Right. Yes. Exactly. And, and that's, that's the most fun thing about being lucky enough to not have any food aversions or allergies, mm-hmm. I can literally eat anything. Yes. And, and I will, I'll try anything once. I won't say no, this is my rule. This is also my rule for my kids when I make them something <laughs> and they're like, I don't know about that. I'm like, shut up and eat it. Mommy cook. <laughs> but it's because you never know what you like until you've tried it. Exactly. And the only way can you can figure out what you don't like is by actually eating it right. and swallowing. Right. <laughs> and you might like it again later because, you know, our palates yeah. definitely change um, yeah. you know, as we get, uh, you know, from our younger years into like our 20s and 30s, you know, our palates definitely shift, I think, a lot then. Oh, yeah. 
Well, I remember, like, in high school and college, I didn't like pepper. Pepper. Huh. Like, the most basic thing. I didn't like pepper. Yeah. And then in circa maybe sophomore or junior year in college, I fell in love with pepper. Yeah. And now I don't understand people that don't like it. Right. Because I'm like, no, I get that. I was there. <laughs> but I don't think I tried it well enough. Maybe I had the finely ground pepper and not the coarse pepper. I don't know what the thing was. But that's such a weird thing to, like, have an aversion to. It, yes. And, it's you know, it probably, I mean, you probably had some, like, old, old stale pepper in it, you know, you know, <laughs> and, then, and, my, and then my mother's house. And yes. then you had, like, you know, fresh pepper. And you're like, wow, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's so different. Like, the second I tried, like, coarse ground mm-hmm. or fresh ground black pepper, I was like, well, if this is pepper, this is amazing. It was that, you know, that little tin can of like powdered pepper. Right. That's not pepper no. to no. me. No. <laughs> but that's what I was raised <laughs> eating. And that's probably why I didn't like it. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but that's a really, uh, that's really fascinating because, yeah, you definitely, you understand the way to understand a culture is through your stomach and through your palate. Yes. So uh, I, I'm wondering, like, if you weren't doing this, which you're clearly meant to do, what would you do? Like no restrictions, Bill Gates kind of money, especially for a Seattle girl. Uh, what would you do? Would you do this? I have three things I would do. I love graphic, graphic arts. So I'd probably do some kind of a graphic art. I would love to, to do more graphic arts. So that that's mm-hmm. one of them. The second one is I would love to do a reality show on roughing it in the wilderness, but you and and people would have to put on a dinner party, <laughs> and there would be no. Oh there my would God. Be no, Everybody's like, why don't you go on, you know, some of those reality shows? And I'm like, no, like there will be no sports involved. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I think that would be so cool. Do a reality show on roughing it in the wilderness, and and like and the challenges an amazing dinner party who puts on the best dinner party you got to fish for it you got to hunt for it you got to decorate you got to make your plate yeah, I, mean, like, I love that idea <laughs> I would tune in I love that and then the other thing is I would like to be a trial lawyer um because I okay that's a completely yep. different yep. thing <laughs> yep those are <laughs> okay why you know I like uh I like arguing for um for the good and like recently I started, I co-founded a group called SBAAC, which is a small business airport action committee for small minority and women businesses. I own um, airport restaurants. And as you know, as we know, currently the situation like airports uh, travel has gone, you know, just down to nothing. And so, um, so, you know, the small businesses just, you know, everybody's kind of doing their own thing and fighting their own fight and, uh, trying to get relief and like, you know, so a group of us put together this uh, new organization and banded together and like, and people are listening to us now. We have a voice now. And so um, I, I really love helping other, um, other businesses and other business mm-hmm. owners. And so, um, so sometimes I kind of feel like a, a trial lawyer lately. <laughs> well, You can be an advocate without having to go through law school. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And that's what you're doing. So, 
Yeah, I see. I see that. But I, when you said trial lawyer, you threw me for a loop, girl. <laughs> it was like, what? Yep. Oh that would God. be my other professor. Oh, I love it. Oh, my gosh. That is crazy. So, and with what you're doing to help, especially other operators like yourself, that are small businesses operating in airports where the traffic is nothing. How, how is that working for you? Like, with with the the leases and the staffing and the food costs. Well, it's just I mean, it's, like, well, I'll give an example of what the passenger count typically would be at SeaTac Airport right now. It would be about be probably between fifty five thousand and maybe sixty three thousand passengers a day, and it's been down mm-hmm. to twenty five hundred passengers to four. And I think we're up to four thousand mm. this week now. You know. Um, most people are closed. Uh, few are starting to reopen. Um, but, you know, I mean, our business was down to like ni- 96%. It was down 96%. So you can imagine like that's Jesus. very, that's yeah. insane. And so, you know, and, and a lot of airports have given um, some relief. The Washington state has some really goofy laws, you know, and so we're really um, advocating and lobbying for, um, for relief and to uh, overturn some of those laws because, you know, and when leases were made, you know, no one ever thought this would happen. So there's a lot of, there's no. a lot of things in these leases that, that need to be overturned and deleted and, uh, and, and rewritten and rewritten for, uh, for today. And hopefully, you know, we don't get a second wave, but you know, if, if they're rewritten that they, that these leases would acknowledge if this happens again. So, so we're working hard yeah. together and having a lot of uh, commissioner meetings and uh, director meetings. And um, I feel like we're making yeah. progress and we're very lucky to have a great airport dining retail uh, team at, at SeaTac um, senior leadership team that uh, is really mm-hmm. trying to work with us. So, Yeah. So does this effort expand nationally or is this? Um, this is just in, in Seattle. Like how, how does this help? Others? Um, this is uh, in Seattle yeah. for all, there's 22 small businesses in our group. And, uh, you know, if anybody ever wants to, to start a uh, SBA AC in another airport, they can feel free to reach me. <laughs> well, and that's great because. I think that this is something where you have legs into every market and perhaps even globally, if you think about it, because every airport is in this situation, every airline, every operator. I mean, we're all collectively in the same thinking boat. I've talked to a lot of other airport operators at other, um, at other airports as, as well. So, you know, the sharing of information is super important right now. And I think that's mm-hmm. really important overall for small businesses to share information and to just be really open and to talk about business and, you know, their successes and struggles, uh, and especially now more than mm-hmm. ever. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because everybody can learn from each yes. other. If one piece of advice can help others avoid pitfalls or help others rise, then, you know, all ships rise on the high tide, Absolutely. Um, I love what you're doing, and I'm excited because before we sign off, I'll make sure to get your contact information, and I'll put it in the bio, too, so that people can reach out to you and talk to you because I think this is something that you're doing – 
locally that can expand to help so many people. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I know that this is, this is a really scary, scary time, but I'm wondering if you have a negative experience or memory in your life that is now a positive reflection. And I mean, it could be personal or professional. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter, but something where it was so dire that it sticks out in your head. And now it's one of those things that you're like, wow, I took so much away from that. I'm kind of glad I went for it. Well, I'd say probably moving out really young was, you know, kind of a dire experience um, way back when. But I really feel that it made me really strong. And um, so that would probably be the experience that that was, you know, pretty traumatic in my life. But, um, you know, really, I mean, I think that I tell people you can do whatever you set your mind to, you know, I could have really fallen into a bad path and I was kind of headed on a, on a bad path, but I really pulled myself out of it and just really focused on, on working and, uh, being positive in the community. And so I, I really feel that no matter what, no matter what your circumstance, if you really put your mind to it and you work super hard that you can pull yourself up and you can become whoever you want to become. Yeah. Oh, I agree with that entirely. You're the person that's in charge of your own destiny. Not exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But any, any regrets, anything you would go back and change or do differently, like based on what you learned? I wish I had have been journaling my whole career path, you know, Mm. because I, you know, I remember most of it, but I I wish I had have actually written my thoughts down um, during, during the whole, the whole time of my early career. Um, So that's probably something that I need to start doing now um, because, you know, I got to remember all those great memories for my book, Pantry Bitch. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, and that's a book yeah. right there, too. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And, and that's a great answer to that question, because it's not necessarily a regret. It's just something that you've taken something right. from it. You know, you're like, I have, I have thoughts and things to say, and I'd really like to be able to acknowledge my experiences and reflect on them so that I can continue to build and grow. Exactly. It's, it's a beautiful thing. I know. And I'm one of those people where I like, I was a big journaler all through mm. college and then it just kind of fell off in adulthood. So I started journaling to my sons when they oh, were born. Wow. So they each have their I own journal. Um, and I just tell them stories about their themselves and my experiences as their mother and stuff like that. And they don't know anything about them, but I'm not, I mean, I'm maybe lucky to write in it a few times a year. But that's so special. And I mean, that's, that's beautiful. That'll be such a, an amazing thing to share with them when they're older. Right. Well, and to share with their life partner. Yes. So I'm like, here's, here's <laughs> how you understand this human. Okay. Because this is the human from its Genesis. And I, I love that everybody's <laughs> sharing old recipes right now. You know, uh, everybody's know. kind of back in the comfort and people are like, Oh, this is my, my, you know, great grandma's recipe or, you know, people are really kind of getting back into, you know, not just pulling recipes off the internet all the time, you know, but they're like, sharing their family's yeah. heritage with it. I think it's so important to record those recipes because those are your family and friends, you know, that the heritage of, 
of the foods that, that, Mm -hmm. you know, that everybody's eaten over the years. And it's just, those are magical foods, magical. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the best gift I think my mom ever gave my sister and I one year, she gave us both complete binders of all of our favorite childhood recipes uh, for Christmas. So we, and, and it's great because I wouldn't have known how to make some of Mm -hmm. those things. And, and the weird little tips and tricks that she had included in these recipes, like I never would have thought of. Oh, I love it. Um, Yeah, it's really cool. And I pull it out every once in a while and I make a new recipe from it, but I keep it with my cookbooks because it's this little, and she put stickers on it. Oh my God, I love it. That's so great. Um, My mom, my mom is a retired kindergarten teacher. So stickers are kind of a thing I love for her. Stickers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was so funny. I'm like, what is this weird little office depot folder with stickers on it? And then, but she's got them sorted into like breakfast, lunch, dinner, desserts, appetizers, holiday meals, everything. And it's, it's really, really cool. And I love that, that I have fabulous. It. What's your um, favorite recipe in the book? Yeah. Uh, probably the chicken bundle. Um, so it's like a, like a chicken mixture with, um, cream cheese, salt, pepper, garlic, Mm -hmm. very basic. And then you roll the chicken mixture into crescent rolls, but you do the square instead Mm -hmm. of the triangle and then you wrap them and roll them. And then I top them with butter and dill and bake. And oh my God, they are that delicious. That sounds so yummy. And you know, it's those kind of things. It's, it's so those yummy. food and beverage memories. You know, they're they're like our strongest memories mm-hmm. uh, that uh, that you mm-hmm. have our food and beverage, our taste memories. I bet you can taste them right mm-hmm. now. <laughs> oh yeah, I I probably need to make chicken bundles again. It was the first thing that when Keegan was kind of starting a picky eating stage when he was one, and now he's almost eight, I made him chicken bundles and he ate the whole thing. And I was like, (laughs) okay, I need to make this for every meal because my kid eats it. And when we had a foreign exchange student before Keegan was even born, her favorite thing that I made was those chicken bundles. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to text you I the recipe. It. Um, just ignore the font because it's one of those like silly fonts oh, yeah. with <laughs> like curly cues <laughs> on the letters. <laughs> I'm like, mom, it's it's like just regular like times not good enough. You have to do like Garamond or right, whichever right. font it is. <laughs> Funny, it's silly. Um, we digress. Um, but I, so this is the, the next question I'm going to ask you is my completely oddball question. That's very hard for most people to answer, but it's always the most fascinating piece of insight into the person's character mm-hmm. and personality. Um, and that is what would you want the listening audience to know about you? That I love, I love sharing information and I love sharing food and beverage ideas with people that because I really feel that like, that's also sharing love. Like, you know, when I cook for people or create, um, or create drinks, you know, I'm really putting love into it. And so I really feel that, that when people 
share the food and beverage that they have made, that that love transfers to the person and they can taste that love. Yeah. I love that. That's a great (laughs) answer. Good good on you. Good on you for not dodging that question. Um, It's a, it's, it's perfect. I agree too. It's you eat with your, you eat with your heart for sure. Um, yeah. And I, and yeah. I just, I, and like I love, you said, that's the way to explore I love people. innovation. I just love creating, you know, it's just, it's just something that just really drives me. It, it really excites me. It just, you know, it just, it really makes me just feel great to innovate. Oh, that rhymed. <laughs> oh my God. And you're a poet too. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> But I, you know, I, I love that. I love that. Right. I love the industry try. so much. You know, people are so great at uh, sharing and just, you know, supporting each other. And, you know, the food and beverage industry is, is amazing. I mean, you know, look at what you're doing, Christy. It's that all the different things that you're with Witty and your podcast and your business and, you know, the industry's full of amazing humans and, and amazing humans that really love to share with each other. That's true. We're very, um, we're very, I don't want to say hospitable, but we're a very engaging group as an industry. Like we really genuinely care. We're very social. We're very outgoing. We're not terribly judgy Mm -hmm. and we're wide open. Like all of us are just open books. Like everybody knows so much about everybody else. Um, And that's what I love about it is because every day, you're working with people that you admire, respect, trust, and love. And and I know that, like, you know, if 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 one of us called each other and said, "Hey, can you help me with this?" or "Could you share this information?" that people would just do it, you know, because that's the way you know food and beverage yeah. hospitality people are. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I had um, I was messaging with someone over the weekend. And she just started a new role. And I was like, I'm going to give you a ton of information. I'm going to make you look like an all-star. I'm going to make you look like a genius. I'm going to give you everything I have just to help you. Like get through this. I'm new. I'm back in this side of the business. I haven't been in it for a while. Like I really want to make an impact. And I'm like, I got you, girl. I got things for days. Yes. And I love that. It makes me right. feel so good. It doesn't cost me anything to no. be kind, but it makes me feel so good to be yes. generous. Yes, it does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the things that I love about our business. And you're right. Everybody is this way. Like there's no, even if we're all in some sort of competition from a company perspective or a role mm-hmm. perspective, there's no competition because at the core we're looking out for other humans that are in our business that do what we do and are like-minded, exactly. you know, cause we all help each other. When someone falls down, we, we do. pick them up. It it's is. We do. It's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That's why it's the industry for yes. me too. And why it's the yes. industry for you. So um, definitely I would like you to tell us how, how you want people to best reach you. Um, whether it's for, you know, recipe development on the food or beverage side, or to get involved with what you're doing for the airports and concessions and small business owners. 
um, how do you how do you want people well, to people best reach out? People can check out um, the website kathycasey.com, and there's um, contact information there, or can email info at kathycasey.com. Okay, perfect, awesome. I will be sure to put the link to your website in your bio, and obviously they will see how to do that. And then um, on my website, I'll make sure that they get a link. Excellent. It's been so fun chatting. (laughs) You're a great interviewer, Christy. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Thank you. Oh, that's sweet of you. Thank you. No, I really do love this. This is so much fun for me because I get to learn so much about people and I love hearing people's stories. Yeah. You you never, you You know, know, you, you know, people professionally and, you know, as casual, you know, friends, but you never, sometimes, sometimes there's those secrets in the background you know or those or those or those odd things that people are like I had no idea <laughs> so it's always fun to hear this <laughs> I know oh I think you've I've laid out several of those <laughs> so that's what's going to make it very interesting for people who listen tune in because it's so oh my god one I had no idea about any of your early life I mean I've only known you for what yeah. 15 years or so um I am yep. right 15 years. Um, but it, that is just absolutely fascinating. I love your story, your path, your experiences, and the way that you're taking all of your personal and professional history and using it to build other small businesses. It's really a beautiful thing. And I, I am just so grateful. And you know, you really, you you can't do it alone. And I have such an amazing team and, um, and an amazing husband, um, who, yes, by the way, I met when I was 17 on a blind date. So there's another little tidbit. (laughs) No way. Wait. Okay. Hold on. We can't not talk about that. How old were you when you got married? Oh my gosh, girl, you guys have been married that long, 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 long time. That's congratulations on finding your soulmate (laughs) and making it work yes wow we got married when we were 23 and I was like no I don't recommend getting married in your 20s to anybody but it it worked worked. I mean we've become best friends but it's one of those things where you really have to find the person that is the the yin to your yang you know you have to be able to talk each other exactly. off that cliff yep. sometimes and still love and support even when the other person is dead yes. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I know sometimes I'm like, my husband looks at me with that side eye and he's like, what are you right now? And I'm like, eh, just put you married. <laughs> Deal. And, and, and we work together too. So. You know, that's, it's, yes. Oh, really? Yeah. Yep. For many. See, I yeah. don't think I so, knew that. For a long time. Yeah. John and I worked together, but you know, wow. you couldn't have a better business partner, right? So, yep. Well, that doesn't work and, for everybody. That's a very unique yes. success story. It, you know, and sometimes it's really hard, but, um, but it's also wonderful too. And, and John is my, um is my head taste tester. So <laughs> but you know, that's hilarious. I've, I've so tried to like get Brandon to like taste the drinks that I come up with or something. 
and like bounce my ideas off of him and he's like Christy honey you know I love you but this just isn't my thing <laughs> like people ask me they're like why don't you hire your husband since he's retiring from the military and he doesn't have anything to do and I'm like because no <laughs> because no we have completely different styles we have totally different interests this part of us is not even similar not even in the same neighborhood so I'm like no that doesn't make sense like I know it works for other couples um like the girls from Ignite but and and you obviously but it it wouldn't work for us well I think yes. that's part of it is knowing it's all, too, it's all about being a team it work. it's all about being a team whether you're at work as a team at home as a yeah. team and, uh, you know, it's always great to have yeah. wonderful support though, you know, from, from whoever your team is. And that's what that's, I, you know, I think that's what helps make me successful is having a great team. Yeah, absolutely. You're very, very blessed for sure. Thank you. I feel blessed. <laughs> I'm happy for you. I'm glad. I'm glad you do. Cause if we had to talk you into feeling blessed, we'd have yes. other things to talk about. <laughs> Well, um, I want to thank you so much again for your time and for being on the show and for everything that you're doing for our industry as a whole, but also for the players in your area and in your field. Um, it's, it's really quite amazing. And I know that you're probably exhausted and some days are hard and some days are great, but just know that you do make thank a you. difference. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. And thank you all for tuning in to Lawler Out Loud, Mixing Up the Mainstream.